Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey, it's Rosalind Ross, yoga teacher, model, and actress here in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm hanging out with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective podcast. Hey, y'all. It's Al Pickett, the founder of The Black Print, where I help people win in a brave new world through all the financial markets. And I'm here with Verbally Effective and Ina Esco. My name is Patrick Newman, and I'm Verbally Effective because I believe in eliminating all excuses. Patrick Newman is the CEO of R.P. Newman Real Estate Firm, Saver Memphis Ultra Lounge, and the head baseball coach at LeMoyne Owen College. After a very successful decade in the education field as a high school history teacher, baseball coach, and CEO and owner of Independence Tutoring Company, Patrick decided to solely follow his entrepreneurial pursuits. Patrick is a Memphis native graduating from Hamilton High School, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, where he played baseball, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, where he played baseball, Freed Hartman University, and also Success School of Real Estate. Throughout his career as an athlete, educator, and entrepreneur, Patrick has experienced a tremendous amount of success. He holds school and state records, all state awards as a baseball player at Hamilton High School. He's also received the Hero Teacher Award with Memphis City Schools as an educator. He also received the Urban Elite Professional Top 40 Under 40 Award. And also Patrick's Ultra Lounge was also nominated for Best in Black Award in Memphis, Tennessee. Patrick has been able to gross millions of dollars in three totally different industries in Memphis, Tennessee. Those industries being education, real estate, and entertainment. Patrick spends most of his time growing and managing his real estate portfolio, coaching baseball at Memphis' only HBCU, Lamorno and College, and sharing his knowledge, experiences, and resources through the REUP workshop, the workshop where Patrick eliminates all excuses you may have that prevents you from being the real estate investor or entrepreneur of your dreams. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco in the building. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Verbally Effective podcast. Today, I have Patrick Newman in the building with me. He is the CEO and owner of RP Newman Real Estate Firm, Saver Memphis Ultra Lounge, and the head baseball coach over there at my alma mater, Lamorne on College. What's up, Pat Newman? How are you? What's up, Miss Ina Esco? I've been amazing. And I'm, yes. I'm doing mighty swell. Mighty swell, yeah, because yeah, I remember you back in the day over there at LOC hanging with your big sister, Nikki. And look at you now, Pat, all grown with like a million businesses under your belt. Man, that time fly. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say how many years ago that was, but <coughs> we didn't have some birthdays uh, between now and then. And, um, and just one thing I, I always like to point out is that, man, 
it was a lot to learn from the the people at Lamont on, and you mm-hmm. being one of them. You guys setting the tone for people like me, the youngins coming in, mm-hmm. and you guys getting out doing big things out in the city. Uh, you yourself, Frida Crump, and some of the other people who went out on the entrepreneurial road and made a, a name for themselves. Um, it just really set a bright example for us of opportunity and things that we can do. So yeah. kudos to you guys, man, for, you, setting, for setting the tone for us. But isn't it something like all the entrepreneurs that come out of LLC Absolutely. in the city of Memphis? I, I Quite think, a few, huh? Yeah, I think those situations at Lamar, it, 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 it fosters it does. Uh, that, that, that toughness, that grit, that pride in yes. you, you know, the get out and do something and make a way for yourself absolutely now pat newman what part of memphis are you from man, originally you, yeah you know that's an interesting uh question because man I, i'm kind of from all over so you know i got a bit of frazier you know coming mm-hmm. up um maybe like one in ten but then i spent a lot of time in high park my grandmother lived in okay, high park high so park, what street her what street, street. Her okay street. i know so, what that's it yeah i went to shannon elementary so okay. kindergarten through six so you know, I got a bit of that North Memphis High Park, and mm-hmm. then I went to Havenview, okay. which was in White Haven. Mm-hmm. So I got a little of that, that, that White Haven, Haven Black Haven, yeah, that Haven, Black Haven. And then um, I went to uh, the most prestigious high school in Memphis. And uh, what is that? And, and uh, that's Hamilton High School. Okay, Hamilton. Over, over in South Memphis, and um, uh, Hamilton High School University. Wow. Uh, so I got a University. bit of South Memphis, too. <laughs> you got a bit of, uh, bit of and, everything and in you. And then my folks moved out east, so even a bit of East Memphis, too. So Wow. Yeah. In Hamilton High School, what were you involved in? Man, uh, interesting enough, I played basketball, uh, uh, played baseball, ran cross country. Oh, okay. uh, I was Athlete? a hoster. Yeah, Health Occupation Students of America. Look at you. Uh, Miss Cartwright. Um what else? Oh, I got most popular at Hamilton. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> wow. My dad got it like in 71. So that was kind of huge for me. Like I, I always, I just look at this yearbook and it's most popular. <laughs> and I always thought it would be pretty cool. And, uh, uh, look, look how things go. Like when I graduated, I was most popular. So that like was, my dad. Yeah. It's bigger than this. That's, that's sentimental yes. to me. So, um, I participated in quite a bit at, at, at Hamilton. And you know what? You mentioned your dad, and I know that you and your dad are very close. Mm. Tell the audience how important your relationship with your father has, like, just fostered, you know, your career, just your life in general. Man, I, I, my dad probably tell you, he might think I'd be, he might think I'm facetious because I called him often and just tell him how grateful I am just for the examples that he, he he's given me. not And, and he, we talk a lot. We used to ride to school and the winners would be fogged up because we talk so much. <laughs> and he coached me too. So, you know, mm-hmm. you get coached, you know, on the field, off the field, on the way home, on the way to school. Because he's like table. a coach. He coached at what school right. again? He coached at Hamilton. At Hamilton. Uh, and Melrose. And Melrose. Uh, for a while. He coached yeah. baseball and basketball. Coach uh, Newman. Both. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, man, just having that strong presence uh, around and the – advice and you know it didn't allow me to really make excuses you know mm-hmm. he held me accountable for mm-hmm. things uh uh provided just you know his work ethic you know it was my mm-hmm. granddad work ethic I just had great examples my goddad you know Clint Jackson mm-hmm. and my dad and my uncle Ronnie are the most three influential men in my life we had Sunday dinner uh nearly every Sunday is either at my house or at my parents mostly probably at my house but we sit at a table and mm-hmm. all my aunts, my uncles, my 94 year old grandma, my little cousins, wow. we sit around and we talk and even the, the ideas. And we 
see things differently because they grew up in different eras with mm-hmm. different restrictions and I grew up differently. So I'm thinking, you know, a little different mm-hmm. and we argue not in a bad <laughs> way, but you know, we got a, a really strong respect for each mm-hmm. other's values and ideas. And, and, and it's just a beautiful situation every week that I like. And I'm big on that. Like I, I plan around that. I don't plan anything. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good important. tradition to have yeah, with family. It's huge to me. Yes. And, and, you know, I know you got your big sister, Nikki. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Newman now. Dr. Newman. Yeah, just, What's up, Nunu? Yeah, she just got a doctorate. And um, we're going to do some things together. She... Um, you know, ready to step out in, in the education world on her own. You know, yes. she's been in the school system now for about 20, mm-hmm. about 20 years now. So mm-hmm. it's now, you know, kind of like yourself. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. want to step out and yep. really see what Dr. Newman about and see what NS go about. Dr. Newman, yeah. she out of Nashville, right? Yeah, she's in Nashville now. Okay, what's up, Nikki? Mm-hmm. Think about moving back. Okay. Well, we're thinking about starting something dope. Okay, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Yeah. Now, when you were at Hamilton about to graduate, what were you thinking? What what was Patrick Newman about to do with his yeah, world? So I had like several offers. I was all state baseball, okay, all city all baseball. State. Yeah, got some state records and some city records. And if you ever go by that prestigious high school, you might see my jersey in the in the, in the trophy case. No, it was like that. I'm just, I'm just saying. Nah. <laughs> but uh, so you know, I knew I was gonna go play ball somewhere. Um, um, you know, had some offers, but then like that strong influence of my dad. So my dad was a pretty good athlete at Lamont on now. I mean, give, give you a fact. Now there's only okay. been one men team in the history of the NCAA basketball to win a national championship in the state of Tennessee. And that's the Lamont on magicians, 1975. That was your daddy. Crew? Dad, dad, what? Dad Coach, uh, Mr. Jackson, the AD at Lamont now university of Memphis, never won a national championship. UT never won Vanderbilt men. Okay. The one college, the only one. Dad was the MVP. 1975. Right. So, you know, having that type of pride, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of want to go and, 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 and you know, follow in the footsteps in some kind of way. So that kind of mm-hmm. led me to Lemoyne, although I had some different offers. It didn't mm-hmm. keep me at Lemoyne, but it led okay. me to Lemoyne. <laughs> okay. Now, like baseball, out of all the sports you played, you honed in on baseball. Yeah. Why baseball? Man, I'm going to tell you, it's so life I'm gonna tell you and go back to my dad. This is a this is a, a lesson, man. That I it's so crazy, so interesting. So I play. I was a decent basketball player, and right, my dad was a heck of a basketball player. So it was always that man. Is he like his dad type mm-hmm. deal? So I always kind of you know. I, and I was I'm pretty pretty good basketball player, but my tenth grade year, I ended up quitting the basketball team. I was like on the junior varsity or something, and I ended up quitting. But my dad wouldn't allow me to just quit, right? Because oh, he wow. ain't that type of person, mm-hmm. right? So I went home, told him I quit, and said, that's fine, but mm-hmm. you have to go and tell the coach, you know, kind of why you quit and, you know, tell him you appreciate the opportunity. Like you just can't do it and walk right, out. Right, right, right. Do so it the right way. Yeah, he, he was, this is my first lesson in becoming a man. Now, back then, they had corporate punishment and all that type of stuff, right? So mm-hmm. these coaches were like monsters to us then because mm-hmm. we were kids, right? They, you remember, they used to walk down to school the hall with paddles and yeah. straps and all that type and of stuff, And we'll right? whip your butt. Yeah, right? So, you know, our coach, it was uh, Coach A. Uh, a lot of respect for Coach A. He's highly respected coach in the city and who wants to go to this coach and tell him that you quit and he, he's this big mm-hmm. giant right so i'm walking down the hall and he used to have hall duty and stuff in the hall and i can remember that hallway was so long 
And I'm walking down and I'm shaking and 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 I'm shit. I, either I got to face him or face <laughs> my dad. My dad just as ignorant, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. He's just as crazy. So it's like, man, I'm, I'm gonna have to just man up. So when I go and I talk to the coach and I tell him, and in sheer fashion as what I expected, he cussed me out. He you know, cussed you out. My team and I, la, la, la. But through it all, I found a peace. And I was like, you know, at the end, I was like. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and I walked away. But in that, I became a man. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for that, I always be running from confrontation. I always be there running from adversity. I always be running it. So if it wasn't for my dad to push me up and had me to face that giant, mm-hmm. you know, and through that, I felt like when I walked away and survived, oh, I can do this. So when mm-hmm. tough situations come up in my life, I have to say, you know, I could face them a lot easier because I had this strong man. Nobody that called me and told me, you know, well, you can quit and you, you know, so I don't have much quitting me. Mm-hmm. And, or if it, you know, I can communicate or I can, you know, handle things the right way. I think that get me far in life. So mm-hmm. when I see Coach A, I always have to thank him for making a man out of me. You know, yeah. I'm at the buy him dinner. Might be McDonald's. Nah. Nah, I'm nah. Which I'm at the I don't want to root Chris or something yeah, like I'm that. I'm dinner because he, you know, those. And that's what you had. Yeah. You had men. You know, when I went to school, you just had those men around, those coaches and those things. And that's why a reason to lead me to coach, because I had those examples of men that influenced my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I'm experiencing some, some success, I want to be able to share that with, you know, some young guys coming up. Some of those experiences I had to help, mm-hmm. you know, transition them into men. Yeah. yeah. Now, what was your major at LeMoyne? Uh History. History, yeah, your history. favorite subject. Yeah, that's my favorite subject, and that's partly because of my dad, too. You talk about me and my dad relationship. When mm-hmm. I was younger, we used to watch documentaries like Eyes on the Prize and different mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I asked, man, why why is this and why is that? And we'll talk about it and discuss it. I'm 8, 9, 10 years old, so I always had this picture and fascination in my head about history, even, you know, ancient history. So uh, when I got to school, you know, I just felt like that's something that I wanted to concentrate in. Wow. So what year did you graduate, LeMoyne? Well, I, I graduated high school in 99, mm-hmm. and I went to LeMoyne my freshman year, but I transferred okay. LeMoyne and went to play D1 baseball at University of Arkansas. What? Yeah, yeah, yes, you the, did. Yeah, okay, I, I do there. remember that. So I graduated that. in 03. In 03. And, and, and then I um, went to grad school immediately and graduated there in 05, uh, Free Hardeman University. Free Hardeman. In curriculum and instruction. So you knew you wanted to teach? Yeah, well, you know, my, there again, my dad, mm-hmm. he was a teacher and a coach. My mom uh, at that at that point was a, a teacher. Now she's a sister principal at Whitehaven High School. My goddad, who, which I said was uh, influential in my life, he was an administrator. My sister, you know, mm-hmm. was a teacher. So, Everybody you know, they kind of set that tone for me to kind of go down that education road. Wow. So you knew you wanted to do history. Mm-hmm. That was on the agenda. Right, right, what was right. the first school you worked at? Uh, Hamilton Middle. Uh, and I'm, you went back to Hamilton. I went back to Hamilton. <laughs> the middle school, man, under wow. uh, Mr. Willie Rhodes, uh, okay. which is a good friend of the family as well. Taught me so much uh, in how to, you know, carry yourself in this education field. I left there, went eight years uh, over at Northside uh, North High School. Yeah, okay. Yeah, in North Memphis. And um, um, actually got Hero Teacher Award. I was like on billboards and stuff. And okay. uh, I had a good time. Um, you know, at both spots. And um, I, I think that, uh, I think part of which um, a lot of my other businesses kind of thrive is because people from Hamilton and Northside mm-hmm. and those places that I've been support me heavily. 
Yeah, support so, is so, yeah, important. I'm, gra- yeah, I'm grateful for Wow, so things. you were in education for quite some time. What was the biggest lesson you learned by working in education? Exposure. Like right now I'm looking for uh, schools for my daughter. And mm-hmm. she, was, she was doing school tours and, you know, we narrowed it down. But, you know, exposure, the differentiating instruction and stuff is important. You know, being ABC, it's, that's a whole another conversation but exposure is huge like mm-hmm. you know what you exposed to you know like who was exposed to you doing what you was doing with the radio station and stuff if i wouldn't have seen that i wouldn't have thought that those type of things are possible mm-hmm. for people around me right so once you expose to people like crump crumpy mm-hmm. he that was the first person i knew that mm-hmm. owned the business crumpy hot wings mm-hmm. and my dad used to take us to the Crumpy on Alice and we would eat after school and Crumpy would come at the table and mm-hmm. talk to us. So I'm thinking, man, he looks like me. He talks right. to me. He knows me when he see me. Why couldn't I do mm-hmm. what he do? And, you know, then I get a lounge in the restaurant because and Crump, I call Crump, Crump. Mm-hmm. What do you think about? And anything I need, he'll come over. He'll support oh, it's me. like that. Oh, man, heck yeah. Mr. Crump, you know, he Crump. used to bring all the entertainers to Lamont. Three man. Six come perform for us. Sponsored by Crumpy's Highways. I was like, yes, Crumpy. Crump, Crump is the man. He's a beautiful person. He's yeah. a kind, giving um, person. Give you the shirt off his back. He's yeah. a big supporter of Lamont on. He's a mm-hmm. big supporter of just, you know, people. Mm-hmm. He's a great person. Okay. I learned a lot from him. So when, you know, you ended education, mm. why did it come to an end and what did you start next? Man, I'm going to tell you. So this is interesting. This is, all right, so when I graduated college in 03 in May, I immediately went to grad school and I used my refund check mm. um, from How grad school. How much was that check? It was like four thousand. Okay. So they had they had they have some programs. I'm a, I'm gonna kind of tie it together, and like today, and I could, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, but uh, they have some programs where you can just pay you know ten percent, twenty percent. My first investment house was like twenty thousand dollars. So you know I I used my refund check to get it. Me and my uncles and stuff fixed it up. I sold that first house for like fifty two thousand within that year. So you know take out the difference, I made you know pretty decent money. So I looked at that. I said, man. This is while you were in grad school. Right. Okay. Right. When I was in grad school, so I took my refund check. So I did it again. Now, by this time, I'm finishing grad school because grad school was just a year or so. And um, so now uh, I finished grad school, got a master's, and I'm teaching, and I'm flipping real estate. And I'm saying, man, if I'm uh, flipping these properties and buying these properties, I might as well become an agent. Because I could find and get a commission on everything that I buy. Mm-hmm. So I went to school for a few months, went and got my real estate uh, license. So now I'm getting a commission on the things that I'm buying and um, I'm finding better deals. I don't have to wait on an agent. I can kind of do stuff my, myself. But every time I would flip a house and make twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, I was teaching at Northside at that point. I would buy school, buy houses in that community, look, mm. look houses for like $3,000, 5000 duplexes and different things like that, fix them up and rent them out. Mm-hmm. So for every time I flip, I buy two or three houses I kept for residual. So mm-hmm. it got to the point where I had up to like, tw- they call them doors in real estate. So mm-hmm. I had about 20 doors through duplexes and houses and stuff, all paid for free and clear. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching with a master's degree and I'm brokering real estate. Just doing it. So I'm figuring, man, if I'm, but every time I buy and sell, I had to give a portion of my, 
uh, commission to the broker, the broker okay. agent that you work for. You trying to cut them out? So like, I said, how I get go, rid of this yeah, broker? So let me go back to school <laughs> <laughs> and get my own brokerage. Yeah. So now I can kind of help and show people how to, you know, get it their way, and then get a percentage of that as well. So mm-hmm. all this is kind of going on while I'm teaching. But then the kicker that got me out of like the the classroom teaching is that I was working a tutoring program. So I was already kind of influential in the school district. And then my parents and stuff through the education background stuff were kind of influential as well. So there were tutoring programs through No Child Left Behind, George mm-hmm. Bush policies and stuff. They had supplemental education services. And different people from different states well, just have these tutoring companies in at-risk markets like Memphis, right? And this guy was paying like $2,000 a month for me to run his program at school. I'm like, I'm almost bringing that home teaching. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if you could pay me $2,000 a month, what you getting paid? Mm -hmm. So uh, I had... uh, Just for the tutor program. Yeah, just for the tutoring program. Right. So, you know, once I found out kind of what they got paid, you know, it was crazy, (laughs) right? And so I got with a business partner, friend of mine, and, you know, she wrote, we wrote the application. You know, she was an English teacher, so you got to surround yourself with people mm-hmm. who wrote the application, 40-some page application, had to do all kind of research, and then we got the tutoring company. Wow. So we became the biggest tutoring company in the state. In the state of Tennessee. One. I was a dog for him. Like, I was getting so much, but I had no clue. Yes. I'm just capped at this. Not knowing that it's a per pupil allocation. Mm-hmm. So I got all these relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I can utilize my own relationships. You come here once, twice okay. a year. He's a great guy. Put me in the game. <laughs> but you understand? Yeah, I understand. So once uh, President Obama came, he reallocated the funds that was through No Child Left Behind. So the funds that was going to my tutoring program, they dissolved and went to other programs. Oh. However, However, I worked my tail off before that happened. I know you put did. Me in a position to be able to walk away comfortably from the school system. Wow. Yeah. Did you want to leave the school system? Or it was like a decision of, well, yeah, this makes man. more sense. You know, the bureaucracy of the school system is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, you really can't. If It's tough in the public sector, too, to really effectively from within that system. Help is so much Red tape is so much stuff. I just I, had a young lady stop talking about that uh, red tape. I remember, man, like I used to do college tour. Like about 40 of the students from Northside didn't have a clue about my alma mater, UAPB. They went mm-hmm. over my whole career teaching. Now, I used to do college tours where we'll go and I take a group of kids and they get a scholarship on a, on a, on a, on a, on a limb just from auditioning right there. That same kid auditioned. I mean, the same kid marched at inauguration for uh, President Obama. Wow. All because, you know, was able to just take him right away. But then you go to try to plan these trips and stuff. Well, you got to wait six weeks. You got to do this. We got to do research to see if it's an educational trip. Dude, we're going to a college tour. We're going to a museum. Why would it take three, four weeks to be able to mm-hmm. then it's at the point where, you know, that's just one. Then it's hard to hold the students accountable. You got to pass mm-hmm. everybody because of, you know, expectations of the school so they're getting this false sense of security that they really understand and learn and I'm seeing these kids as they graduate and I see them now 10-15 years later Mm -hmm. it's just a tough situation because they were just sold a you know not a a bad um um bag of goods yeah um and I just you know I think I could better help that situation outside of it than inside of it I think I could still go back and I speak and I can have you know different organizations and 
uh, support different organizations and yeah. I'm not, you know, stuck with, you know, having to go their way about doing stuff. So you, you, you ended your education and it's full real estate at this point. No, not full real estate. So once I retired from teaching, would you call it retired? Yeah. Okay. Once I retired, <laughs> once I retired from teaching. At the te- age of 20. Yeah, so. like 29. So by 30. <laughs> but um, I got saved with Memphis. I got, so I was ah. just in, I had the real estate, I had the investments, I had the broker, and I had that. And then I got Prohibition Lounge. So it's time to get a nightlife. It's time, time to get a nightlife. I mean, what kind of segue is that? Like, I'm going it's, into nightlife, mom and dad. You know, it's interesting, but it's real estate. So, you know, I'm, I'm I was already kind of in real estate. So, you know, owning the property, you know, initially I started off renting, but, you know, it's real power and ownership. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I may run and manage that nightlife, but it's the real estate at the end of the day because, you know, it only functions as that nightlife for a few hours throughout the night. But Mm -hmm. you may have a baby shower, you may have a comedy show, you may have Mm -hmm. brunch, you may have so many other things that Mm -hmm. goes on in that real estate. Mm-hmm. You understand? So the nightlife may seem like the focus. It's the it's the one that people talk about, right? But the real estate. You understand? I got it, you. It can it can put you on another level. How many years you been in nightlife now? Uh, two thousand and thirteen. Seven years. Be my seven year anniversary. June June wow. June twenty ninth. What are some of the biggest lessons you've learned from you know just managing an establishment in Memphis in the nightlife industry? Man, surrounding, trying to surround yourself with, with good people. I think that's huge. Uh, communicating expectations up front. Mm-hmm. One thing I always say is to, you always want to, and I tell my team all the time, you always want to try to be proactive so you don't have to be reactive. And learn from your mistakes because we all going to make them, but to duplicate them, that's, that's almost, that's your, you got to take responsibility for that. Right. So, you know, just kind of communicating Having um, just trying to have the best energy, best vibes. Uh, be upfront, and I think communication solves and causes ninety nine percent of issues. The way mm-hmm. that you communicate or don't communicate, what you said or didn't say, what you left out, what you changed. Okay. It's all about how you communicate. Mm-hmm. And that's why I kind of read a bit on communicating now because I, if everything that you do is affected by communication in some way, form, or fashion, if I don't communicate well, then people are not going to come to my establishment. People are not mm-hmm. going to support me. People are not going to want to do X, Y, and Z. So why would I not focus on communication and learning how to better communicate? So Yeah, you I are an effective communicator. Definitely well, I that. I don't know. I try. And, you know, the nightlife is just, I guess, an admired, glitzy, somewhat uh, glamorous. It tough. appears to be. There's a lot oh, of smoke and goodness. mirrors with that, I know. Oh, my goodness. But... I mean, just dealing with that type of industry, I know you had to establish boundaries with people. Yeah. So how were you at boundary setting? I'm really good now. And mm-hmm. life is one of the best teachers. The experiences that you have throughout uh, makes you a better teacher at that. Um, that's why I told you now I'm so big on communication mm-hmm. because if you don't if you don't set that precedent, then, you know, the boundaries are always going to be um, um Encroached. So, um, you know, you just got to surround yourself with people that protects your mental. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, 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 uh, I'm going to tell you this. A guy named Jim Rohn, I, I, I study sometimes, <laughs> he, he says this about uh, uh, coffee. 
And, you know, he had some coffee on his deal. And he said, uh, what happened if you put sugar in your coffee? He said, fine, you'd be good. He said, what happened if you put strychnine poison in your coffee? He said, you'd be dead. He said, you know, lesson number one, watch your coffee. Mm. Now, what if your worst enemy dropped some sugar in your coffee? You'd be fine. But what if your best friend, even by accident, dropped strychnine in your coffee Mm -hmm. while you'd be dead? Number two, you know, watch your coffee. See, it doesn't matter who put the bad stuff in your head. It still do its damage. So you have to really protect, you understand, the people that's around you and the stuff that goes into your head. It's a lot of drama, a lot of stuff to go with the nightlife Mm -hmm. and go with other type of stuff that you just got to protect yourself from. And I think I got a really good team and really good person in net that keeps a lot of it from me. Did you have to let a lot of people go, Pat? Absolutely. Um, and, it, it, you know, and that that childhood friends or it could be family members, it could be because sometimes, you know, when you grow up with people, sometimes your success could be perceived as their failures because sometimes people are comparing. Mm-hmm. It ain't you comparing, it's other people comparing why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? Well, you could have, y'all grew, y'all, you know, and then that put pressures on them, pressure on them, and now it causes resentment and tension mm. sometimes. So, you know, um, you know, sometimes some of those relationships can can kind of change. And then we have to understand this. My God dad told me this. It's this 60-20-20 rule. Mm-hmm. He says that 60 people are going to, 60% of people are going to kind of be with you, be on your side. 20% of people are probably going to be on the fence. They can either be with you or not be with you. And then there's 20% of people, I don't care what you do, this ain't going to be with you. Yeah, they you not could, rocking with and you. And once you can put them in that <laughs> right box, then you don't give them that attention and you focusing on the people that you can have a bigger impact with. And once you can put people in that box, your boundaries are, are easier to set. You know, But that comes yeah. from experience. I can... I could see BS. I could pick it up a lot faster Ooh, now. Ooh, discernment, honey. Yeah, I could pick it up hmm. real, real fast. <laughs> okay, so I know you guys just went through like a rebrand with Savor Memphis Ultra Lounge. Tell me about that. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, every few years, especially in this entertainment, you know, you want to kind of switch it up. Uh, you want to keep up with the times. You don't want to be like a, a blockbuster or different people who, you know, have money and have, you know, access and all this type of stuff, but then don't keep up with the times and somebody else come in and, and, and dominate that, 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 um, that, the era, uh, the area. So, um, that's just part of what I'm doing. I think that when I transitioned from downtown, downtown was more, um, close to the prohibition theme, the prohibition vibe. I had an older building that was built in the early 1900s. Had like mm. a three floors. I had a basement, a slide door. You say a password to come in, secret doors, secret entries, the whole prohibition thing, old decor, old everything. But then when I bought the building, but it just, you know, rent and stuff is really high downtown mm-hmm. and it's really tough for, you know, the black demographic to do you know, extremely well downtown. I'm not saying that it's impossible, just a bit tougher because, you know, oftentimes our people don't want to drive downtown, mm-hmm. pay to park, walk three blocks, go somewhere, pay to get in, mm-hmm. drink, walk three more blocks, go back downtown, then drive, you know, out east somewhere. So yeah. when I went, um, and just to give you some straight, some straight stuff, before I got Prohibition downtown, it was a place called Rehab. Mm-hmm. That place was like 95% white patrons. Mm-hmm. The moment I opened up Prohibition, it wasn't 1% white patrons. What? The only people that would come in there is that they came in there by mistake. <laughs> and they thought wow. that they were going to another bar. So the people who yeah. sustained me 
with people that look like me. Mm-hmm. So I need to cater to people that look like me. Yeah. So when I went out east, I bought that building. So my expenses were like, you know, four times cheaper. You know, rent is ridiculous in comparison to if you, you know, kind of buy some. So I was doing well with real estate. So I bought that building, which was like an old Applebee's. Mm. Bought it, gutted it. And, you know, redesigned it and, you know, and then my business did five times better. And that's a deal just kind of, it. so I didn't have an old building to keep with the prohibition theme. Mm-hmm. So I had to rebrand it, you know, to kind of yeah. fit the time and fit what I was doing and what I had going. So how did you come up with Saver? Well, you know, I was, I'm, I'm all now on my whole Zen and positive vibes <laughs> and, and, and positive stuff. And, yeah. Uh, I think that when you savor the moments, you, you know, it's just your best moments. It's just a good vibe. It's mm-hmm. a good energy. Things that you want to save is just, that's the thing that I want to bring to the, um, to the lounge. And one, one deal I like to set apart is that this is a part of me. So mm-hmm. when people come, you know, maybe like yourself or somebody, I could introduce you to somebody. Oh, this is Ina. She, you know, mm-hmm. does the, uh, an amazing podcast. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. He's on, he owns so-and-so, so-and-so. And then it's a vibe more so like that rather than a vibe of, you know, it's too much of what, what this person got on, blah, blah, blah. It's more of a yeah. vibe and the energy. I want you to be it's like, It's not Man. a fashion show. R- all night. I, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you got some fashionistas coming yeah, through there. Yeah, we, we we had some, but it ain't centered around it. I want you to feel mm-hmm. bad. We do have to have a standard. Okay. It is Memphis, What Tennessee. is the standard? It is. You know, don't come here with flip-flops. Okay. And, and, and uh, you know, the sagging and, mm-hmm. and all that hot stuff. We don't want to do all that. We, you mm-hmm. know, want to look respectable at the end of the day and be respectable. Yeah, and you get a lot of celebrities coming through. Do you yeah. have those relationships with these celebrities coming through? Some I do, mm-hmm. and some um, are indirectly just through good relationships I have with people. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you try to carry yourself and your business to a certain standard, then people mm-hmm. recognize that. So yeah. when somebody want to bring a person to a certain caliber, you know, yeah. to a certain market, you know, sometimes you're only limited to, you know, a few spots. I want to say I saw money bag up in there yeah, not too yeah. long ago. Man, I mean, we had little girlfriend, yeah. Ari. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I saw yeah. it all over social media. It, it, and it was a private, <laughs> it was I a private saw, release. So I it was a saw. good. But then to get that message out, man, it was amazing. It just shows you, you know, the, the possibilities that, you know, Memphis have. Um, Michael Blackson, uh, mm-hmm. Big Worm, Gary Owens. Yeah, because you have the comedy piece as well. Yeah, Do you have yeah. a dedicated night for comedy? Yeah, well, Mouthpiece just did an amazing show there. It was like his debut show. He had like some really good comedians and stuff there. Um, we just kind of open it up. We don't have a set comedy deal now, mm-hmm. but we open it up for different events, and some of the comedians like to take advantage of, mm-hmm. of the venue and, and utilize it like that. Wow. Okay. So you got, you know, education, you got real estate, you got entertainment, and now you are the head baseball coach at Lamorne on College. Now, how did that come about? Man, um, like like I said earlier, I got a rich history with Lamorne. I got, you know, a big admiration. Some of the, like I told you, the biggest influences of my life, my dad, my goddad, my uncle, and I think they got ties with Lamorne, and there was a big need uh, for that Lamorne, I think, especially in black baseball, as is declining in the country. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the resources are declining, mm-hmm. and what's not declining is the expense to play baseball. That's going up. There's a lot of opportunity in baseball as far as scholarships, especially at HBCUs, uh, that a lot of kids and um, people can take advantage of that they probably don't know of. And 
to be able to partner with that and help provide some of these opportunities, I think is a situation I wanted to take advantage of. I think that with schools like that having limited funds and resources, with the resources and funds that I, I have and that I can, you know, solicit with good friends of mine and stuff like that, I think that we can be more of an asset to that program and bring something back to that school. Wow. So how's the program going so far? Yeah, so we're growing. Last year, I'm going to tell you, man, it's so interesting. Uh, last year, uh, so I kind of inherited the team last year. Mm-hmm. I got it. got the team like in August. School mm-hmm. started in August. So they didn't know who was going to be a coach or anybody was in place. And um, there was only 11, 12 guys on the team. Had to field a team with um, golf players and basketball players. Now, the people I'm playing are carrying like 25 to 30 guys, to put it in perspective. Is that, is that like a standard right, amount? Right, like 25 20, to 30. Okay. I had 12. Oh, so wow. So we're going to play a four-game series on the road, and you got people get hurt, and you got X, Y, and Z. So, you know, it was just kind of, you know. You had to work with what you I had. had to work with what I had. Okay. So this year was my first recruiting class, so we got about 20 more guys in. Mm. But they're freshmen. Oh, so they got a lot to learn. We're, we're learning, but we're better. We're making progress. Yeah. So we're constantly making progress. So we're in the middle of that progress piece. I, okay. I'm like Martin Luther King. I can I can see the <laughs> I can see us getting to the mountaintop. Um, mm-hmm. But we're just in a. Hopefully, I get there with them. Uh, were you recruiting? Were you a part of the recruiting yeah, process? Yeah, this year. Yeah, but I got to recruit- travel and pick. Yeah, I got a recruiting coordinator, uh, Kennard Clark. Man, does mm-hmm. an amazing job, man. My and shout out to my assistant staff, man. Uh, Coach Booney Clark, uh, Coach Phil, Coach uh, Johnny Rudd. Mm-hmm. Coach Johnny Rudd was a legendary coach, man, who put a baseball in my hand as a look guy. Mm-hmm. Coach Rudd is um, uh, nearly eighty years old, and he's still out there with my guys right now, and help giving me insight and stuff. Um, um, and he used to be a base, back baseball coach at Lemoyne as well. But he was my little league coach. And you can see I surround myself with, you know, Coach Kanar used to help me out when I was at Hamilton playing. And mm-hmm. so I, I say you probably find younger faces on money than, okay. with, my, than with my baseball coaching staff. But no, mm-hmm. man, amazing people. And it's part of why I'm able to do so much is because I got some responsible, amazing guys who volunteer, mm-hmm. by the way. That's not a okay. paid salary for those guys. These guys get up and use their own money, their own time to get up and try to give back to this community. What more can you ask for? I know. And, you know, I know Um, Lemoyne is going through a lot of transition right now. I know uh, Dr. Andrea is no longer there and um, we have an interim president. Have they named her? I think Dr. Johnson, I think she's. Have they named her president officially yet? Dr. Johnson, Carol Johnson. I think so. I okay. Could be okay. Could be yeah. Look, look. Yeah. I know it's a lot of change going on change. because I was there. Uh, I want to say it was definitely last year. As uh, remember, I saw you in the restaurant and I was like, they called me a living legend. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. So I went to go speak yeah. with the SGA and Carol Johnson was there. And I was like, she would be great to lead this school to the path that it needs to go to, mm. you know, cause I know with being a president is all about securing the bag for the school. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, man, I had a, had an issue, not a, a major issue, but I had a conversation with Dr. Johnson pertaining, uh, this is a situation and it was no more than a few minute conversation. Mm-hmm. I just learned so much in, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that she taught me, was that there's a certain weight that comes with a title. Mm-hmm. You understand? So it's not you so much as it is the title. Mm-hmm. So you thinking that, you know, you clear in what you're saying and they understand and they, but sometimes that title 
speaks louder than you know kind of what you are so you have to be conscious of that when you yeah. communicate with people and when you have expectations so i think you know i'm just a sponge for all this stuff i just I try know, to learn right? as much as i I'm, I'm, I'm well, Pat, you're doing account. so well in life, and well, you're so young, and Am got really? so much going. Oh, yeah, you a baby. Okay, and I'm just playing, you know, baby. I take it. I take it. I take it. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump into a little current event real quick, hmm. and I know you probably can speak to this because with real estate, I know you look at quite a few contracts, don't you? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've heard of Meg the Stallion situation with her label, 1501. She received a contract back when she was 20 years old and she had a meeting with Rock Nation and they said, hey, Meg, you need to look at the uh, parameters surrounding this contract, which stated that, um, you know, she wanted to make some changes, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. With Rock Nation, they said, well, you need to go back to 1501. So now they've banned her from releasing any new music. She went to a judge. The judge said, hey, Megan, you know, I'll rule in your favor. You can release music this week. But it's still in process with the negotiations with 1501. They're saying 1501 doesn't want her to release any music. They don't, you know, they don't Mm. want her to get out of that contract. So what are your thoughts with that, with all of these contractual obligations? One, it goes back to you want to surround yourself with as many good people as you can. Yeah. Right. So in order for you to surround yourself with good people, you got to be a good person. I don't know, Meg, I'm not saying she's a good person, Mm -hmm. bad person. That type of stuff happens to anybody. But I'm saying giving advice to be proactive so you don't have to be reactive is one, you want to try to surround yourself yeah. with good people. And to, in order to do that, you have to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Two, um, we're not attorneys. Like, I'm not an attorney. Mm-hmm. I'm not an accountant. I don't have to go to training every year to update my accountant skills. So I hire an accountant. Somebody to do that, that for trust, you. You know, but there again, it has to be people that you trust right. and competent. Not your cousin. Right. Not your friend. Not somebody on social media who's somebody selling you do X, that Y, and Z. For a living. You find somebody that do that, <laughs> that, that that's passionate about and what they do. you still got to vet them out. Absolutely. So yeah. you definitely have to do your due diligence. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand what's, you know, kind of what's going on. And those, and then learn from people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. See, people sit back here and talk about their situation, but then won't learn from it. Yeah. And then duplicate it. Then who the biggest, you know, yeah. food in that situation, right? Right. So... Uh, hopefully she get out this situation. I think I hope so with the too. way that things go and the, the way media go, I think that you know, as popular as she is and as amazing as as as, as a as a as a brand as she is, yes. I think that she'll get out this situation. I hope so because she was saying it happened when she was younger, but mm. I know you know her mom is no longer with us. Her mom was more so the overseer of that, which they probably should have just but got then, a lawyer. But, but, but here's here's another deal. See, I'm a business owner. Mm-hmm. So I don't just hop to conclusions because I don't know all the facts. Yeah. Because when she signed that deal, did anybody know Megan Thee Stallion? I don't know. All right. So yeah. now they know Megan Thee Stallion. So now that yeah. they know her, you mean to tell me the person that invested in you when nobody right. knew you deserves nothing? That's when things get so, right. so murky. You, to, you know, because I'm, I'm, I come from that perspective. So I, I know can, you do. I can know. I'm, I don't know the details. I haven't right. heard much about it. But um, you have to respect that. Do you get people um, that come to you wanting to invest in their endeavors a lot? All the time. Since they know that you're... (laughs) All the time. How do you handle that? All the time. Um, Well, one, my play is full. 
with mm-hmm. my own investments. Right. right? So I mean, that what you say to hey, my plate full. It, it, it shows. <laughs> like you can, I can, you are, you really can't argue that for anybody who who sees. So because I'm always constantly working. Yeah. But what I do is I provide the re up workshop, mm-hmm. and that re up workshop is real estate entrepreneurship, but. It's designed to create, it's created to uh, eliminate all excuses that a person may have to prevent them from being an entrepreneur or real estate investor of their dream. Mm. So if you don't have the money to do what you want to do, we got the financing people. If you don't have the credit, we had the credit restoration people. If you don't know how to file, should I be an LLC? Should I be an S Corp? How should Mm -hmm. I incorporate? I got my CPA, the people that I use uh, there, uh, I have my estate attorney the average person, I think, it was like seventy some percent, eighty some percent, maybe more, that don't have a, a will. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, it's uh, a lot of people don't have yeah. that. And so, my state attorney is there to, like, all these businesses and stuff, you know, that you may create and have. You know, you want to be able to make sure that stuff is kind of set up. What made uh, you want to start this reup workshop? You saw well, a the, need the, for the, it. The need, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. I don't know how this is gonna sound. You say it. Okay. So, <laughs> man, like. Last year, I went to the Super Bowl by myself. I went to the World Series by myself. Um, I went to the finals and stuff. It's hard to find people. I travel. I got properties. Times I got a lot of stuff. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to find people to really enjoy to do stuff with because, oh, I got to work. I don't have the money. I can't do this. I can't do Are that. Are you talking about friends? Are you talking about the ladies? We'll get to the ladies too. <laughs> but uh, just probably in general, okay, right? In so general. what I wanted to do was try to rather just give people stuff. Let me create a situation where they can make it for themselves. Right. And then, you know, it's a more respectable situation where, you can go and do some things if you got extra residual income coming in. If you got lump sum money coming yeah. in, then you know. So this is designed. You like friends take notes so y'all could come hang with me while we ball <laughs> out. Yeah, I want to just we ball till yeah. we fall because it's possible. It's out here. Yeah. When and is the workshop? So I do it once a quarter. Okay. So right now I'm in the middle of baseball season, so I, I just kind of got to work it. Yeah, working through that. But I I definitely be posting it soon. But um, okay. that's um. No, that's one of the reasons why I created that women situation. Yeah, let's get back to these ladies. What's going (laughs) on with that? What you mean? That's uh, Uh interesting. What was your question? (laughs) We was talking about the ladies. I thought you were talking about the ladies. I thought you was just about to say you went to one fabulous event and the lady couldn't attend. But you said you went by yourself. Why are you by yourself, young man? Well, I'm actually single. Oh, you're single? Okay. I'm single. I'm single. Um. But you know, is that by choice? I don't know. That's a good question. Is that by choice? <laughs> Apparently. Um, I really, I, I, I value, I really value. What I work. You value? I really value work. So I really value, I really value my work. I just really. So feel, you don't have time. No, no, I'm not gonna say that. I definitely have time. Okay. Definitely have time. You, think, that, you know how they say you make time for what you want to do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I really want to work. But no, <laughs> I want some peace. So I really value peace and I value work. And so I feel like if I'm really did. working, I could be good for somebody. So sometimes a lady's not too peaceful. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know. Okay, but you're a bachelor out here. I'm a, I'm, I'm a bachelor. Okay. And uh, no, but I'm definitely not against, you know, being in a relationship. If it's yeah. the right situation, I'm really trying to be. I got. Big on family. I have a beautiful I daughter. I know. Yeah, I know you big on family. Big on That's family. why. Yeah, I'm I huge just, on that. 
And uh, but it's more so me working on me so I could be the right person for when that opportunity comes. Are you picky? It ain't it's no subjective. Being picky. Well, it's subjective. So I don't, you know. You have standards. Obviously. It's like a list. Right. And if they don't meet one out of the 50, <laughs> they're out. Uh, Is that? No, 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 no. It's not. It's, I, don't, I don't think it's more so like that. But, okay. Um, Peace is important. Yes, it is. Peace is important. And somebody that kind of respect and understand, you know, what's going on and what it takes. Right. Right. And have to have similar, similar values. Definitely. Definitely. Um, But that's not to say that anybody that I've dealt with, like any of my exes want amazing people or Mm -hmm. great people, just the compatibility at the time. Right. You know, it was just the timing. It's just, you know, wasn't where it needed to be um, yeah. at that moment. But I can live I with that. You. I got know the ladies listening right now. Are they listening? They listening. And, you know, I know you mentioned you have a beautiful daughter. How old is your daughter now? She'd be three. Miss Rose. Yeah, she'd be three, March 27th. She'll be three. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be three. Pat, on, when Rose entered your life, mm-hmm. how did your whole world change? Man, not one day go by that I'm not amazed. When I look, when I look at her, mm-hmm. and she give my work and life just a different meaning, mm-hmm. right? Because you know you just you just feel like it's for something, mm-hmm. right? And you feel like um, you know she just give you you know that extra incentive uh, to 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 do right. She 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 gives me a different respect for women, mm-hmm. right? That's because important. You, I'm so vulnerable and, and vulnerable? A humble, yeah, absolutely what? because. Okay. Because I'm talking about when it comes to her. Like, okay. you know, I know. Gonna be somebody, somebody gonna be, she got daddy like mushing her hands. Oh, man, I already know. She's full riding her. <laughs> She's oh, definitely man. gonna date one That's day. That's crazy. So you wanna yeah. make sure she's exposed to some good stuff and how to, you know, treat people and how to be treated. And so she have a standard, a respectable yeah. standard to look for. She got a good daddy. And then I wanna Help groom some young guys. Look, definitely. <laughs> you can groom them yourself. Now, yeah, I know no. you have Rose Day. Tell us about Rose yeah. Day. So, Rose Day is the last Sunday of the month. And because of my travel schedule and so much, um, I, I try to center my um, the baseball game um, uh, around Rose's birthday. So, the last Sunday of the month, we play our rival, Lane College. Okay. Um, uh, HBCU rival, Lamont Owen College. And what we do at Rose Day is that we uh we really centered around the kids where we have bouncers, we have characters, we have activities for the kids to, you know, run around the bases, interact with the teams. We have um we feed everybody at the park, we barbecue, we grill, uh have uh, ice cream, face painting, just a different um it's just just a good day. Yeah. It's all free. Rose all of day. our home games um I kind of sponsor RP Newman Realty mm-hmm. uh, and Save of Memphis. We kind of sponsor uh, for everybody to come out to the park. So anybody in the community, all the kids, everybody come around, they, they eat free. Um, no concessions for sale. Everything is kind of given away to their community. And that's like um, Hickory Hill. No, that's no, South no, no. Memphis. No, South Memphis. Okay, South, South Parkway in Bellevue, okay. right by Lamont. Got you. Got yeah, you, got right you. In between Lamont and Hamilton. Okay, okay. So okay. right there, so you got a lot of people that walk up, pull up. Yeah, pull up, yeah, pull up pull for up. Rose Day. Yeah. All right, Pat, I am so proud of you. Thank you for coming you. on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Thank you. When I saw you at um, 
Babaloos. I was like, oh, I gotta yeah, get Pat on absolutely. the podcast because I've been I've been checking it out. Like I've seen like Mikhail, I've seen a few people on, and, mm-hmm. I, and we talked. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, like sometime back when you mm-hmm. first started. When and, I first yeah, started, and we yeah. just never kind of got together. Yeah, you know, we both. But look, we got together. Yes, and, and we connected look, now, and you know, it's pretty dope. Yes, you're dope. It's cool talking to you. You're dope. Now give everybody that. all of your information yeah. so they can get in touch you touch with you. You know, maybe uh, it's a I'm on young Christian lady. Mingle, Christian Mingle. <laughs> um, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, I am Pat Newman. Um, Facebook, Pat Newman. Um, PatNewman.com. All your real estate needs. If you're looking to invest, learn how to flip property, looking to buy a home, sell your home. Just want some general information about property. I own um, office buildings and um, and spaces too. We where, need to talk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh. I, can, I can see uh, a nice little podcast. <laughs> I know. Uh, space in there. I got it. We, we read it. Okay. You know, we'll let your people talk to my people. We'll set that okay. up. But um, so all those opportunities, all the entrepreneurs are looking for stuff. PatNewman.com uh, to go from there. Any of your nightlife stuff if you're celebrating a, a party a bridal shower or a bridal shower or a wedding party a divorce party you're graduating a promotion or whatever mm-hmm. the situation may be uh save of memphis is the place for you baby showers all kinds of Look, uh, save of memphis send me hey Ina, what's up absolutely. your birthday is coming up absolutely. come and hang out with me Come it's saver it's their work it's their work it's their work so and then all the people that have charities to be donated to if you got children that's on little lead teams if you have you know, your kid, you know, needs some academic help and it's a camp, an academic camp or a trip to help ex- expose them to some new things, man. We donate tens of thousands of dollars through my entities to these organizations. So wow. it ain't just a check I'm going to write. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make, you know, as much as you want to make. And people have taken advantage of these opportunities and made tens of thousands of dollars from little league teams, colleges, high schools, elementaries. Uh, just parents, anybody that's going through something, they need to pick up something. I have a lot of job and employment opportunities for people too, mm-hmm. um, even from a job perspective or perspective, you know, up to $10 an hour, up to $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. It's all contingent upon how much you want to work and what you're willing to do, what working. your plans are, what your goals are. Memphis is ripe with opportunities. And, yes, it and, is. And, and, and man, it's just ready to be taken advantage of. And, Whereas some people see problems and issues, that's what some thing I do. I buy some of those properties and, and, and projects or things that, you know, people shine upon in the hood and stuff. Take mm-hmm. them, bring it back to life, stabilize them, and make a substantial amount of profit off of it. Mm-hmm. It's all over the city. In fact, people in California drew over this real estate here because they can't remotely get anything close to it. I don't know, so not in Cali. Be, yeah, so to, it was just Cali, New York, yeah. Texas. These bigger Get markets. The West Coast, Arizona. So to be here, and I, I'm 15 minutes from my job site rather than somebody, you know, mm-hmm. 16 hours away have to entrust in somebody. It's just a win win. But you know what my biggest problem? What? Is being able to find reliable help. Why like, is that? I can't find anybody really want to work. People today, I don't know if it's a millennial thing or what. What they do, Pat? So like, many people want something for nothing. Like is that what so, it is? So many people want something they don't want to put the for work nothing, in. and they want that instant gratification. Yeah, like I told you, it's a grind for me. Like it's been mm-hmm. other fifteen years, yeah, or so. But people think that they're going to get this like that. I've seen and, it. You know, yeah. if they go through a heartache or a stumbling block, oh, they shutting down. 
Yeah. But then I had those influences in my life that wouldn't let me just, you know, completely right. just shut down like that. That's like why you got that re-up. Yeah, absolutely. Because they eliminate all excuses. I'm good with it. Elim- Bring me an excuse on why you ain't. <laughs> why you ain't. I'm going to let you. your baseball guys can't do, can't tell you nothing. I got two words for them. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I tell them. I understand. Because wow. there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. In 2020, ain't no white, you can't say the white man. You can't say. You know, the economy, you mm-hmm. can't say anything other than you're not preparing yourself. Yeah. What are you doing with your time? Yeah. Making excuses? What are you doing? Where's mm. your plan? Let me see a written plan. Mm. Now, what have you done today pertaining to your plan? Well, I th- what did you do pertaining to your plan? Right. Or are you going to give me an excuse? Then when you keep giving excuses, then you're going to continue not to have things. Mm. But if you want something, check off that list every day. Don't go to sleep. Set your goal, write it down, and I guarantee you, when you get through checking this stuff off, it's going to equal success. The only way mm. I can run so many different businesses is because I'm organized in that way. Mm-hmm. I meet with my team, and we set all the goals daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Discipline. And we check it off every single day. Yeah. And I can communicate on whose responsibility is this and that, and we communicate, and we get yeah. it done. And. You know, it works for you. You're very absolutely. organized. Well, have, yeah, you know, to, uh, you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> so thank you, Patrick, thank for you. coming to the Verbally Effective Podcast. CEO and owner of RP Newman Real Estate Firm, Saver Memphis Ultra Lounge, and the head baseball coach over there at my alma mater, Lamorna on College. Thank you so much, Pat. I really enjoyed you. Thank you for having me. Miss Ina Esco, <laughs> so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Keep up the great work, the amazing work. I will.